Now, and yeah, yeah, now there's a whole other story about you driving and the headlights with no headlights. Let's oh, yeah. that okay. story. So this happens at age 15. I have just turned 15. And so Mella has a summer job on a tobacco farm east of Simcoe. Big John. Big John. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Big John. Big John. Big Bad John. Welcome to episode five of the many near deaths of John Heisinger. John Heisinger is my father, and he has almost died a great number of times and in an unusual variety of ways. Since starting this podcast, my father has begun writing down his near-death stories in a linear way. There are 23 of them so far, for those who are curious. I think there are more, but he and I disagree about what exactly constitutes a near-death experience. Episode 5 brings us back to 1955 in southern Ontario. So now they need extra help because they're into transplanting. And that's when you take all the little tobacco plants out of the greenhouse and you transplant them into the fields. And you give each one a drink of water. And so they need extra help. So I'm going to go with Mel for two weeks. So it's a Sunday evening at church and everybody else heads home and Mel and I get in his clunky 1938 Dodge car and we head out to Simcoe. So we're going up this long hill going into Jervis and close to the top of the hill, suddenly the lights go out. So Mel manages to get the headlights. So Mel manages to get the car pulled off to the side of the road. And uh, and then he hitchhikes or walks into town to get the mechanic, because we're not very far from Jarvis, and to fix the lights so we can carry on. So I'm sitting there in the car, and all of a sudden, these guys from church pull up, and they're driving a 1932 Ford V8, that the first V8 ever made. And so... Uh, they say, what's the problem? I say, well, the lights went out, and Mel is hitchhiking to now to get a mechanic. And they said, well, tell you why. You just drive behind us. We'll drive in front of you, and you just follow our taillights. You stay really close. And so we're farm kids, so everybody knows how to drive. So, so then uh, we take off. I start the car, and I get behind them, and then they hit the gas. Well, <laughs> this little Ford V8, flathead V8, that was like the little rocket ship of that age. I mean, nothing could keep up to it. And so uh, all of a sudden, here I am driving. It's totally dead dark. And and then I'm driving along, and I figure, well, the crest of the hill is just not very far. I'll just wait until when I get over over the top of the hill, I'll see the taillights. And so, huh. and so all of a sudden... There's a car coming from the other way. Oh, my God. And and I see these two headlights, these two 50-mile-an-hour headlights coming straight at me. So you had drifted crank- into the other, the other side of the road. I'm driving right down the wrong lane, you know. 
Right. And so I cranked the wheel and hit the gas. And then the Studebaker, the car, it's a 51 Studebaker, it hits me a glancing blow off the driver's side, just behind the driver's door, and the car spins into the ditch. So I'm sitting there. I remember I'm clutching the wheel, and I'm kind of dazed by the violence of the collision and the horrendous crashing noise. And I'm just sitting there for a minute, and then this guy comes out, the Studebaker, and he's really pissed off, and he yells at me. And he says, what's wrong with you? Uh, did you get your driver's license in a cornflakes box? And and I say, <laughs> in, a, in a really tiny, squeaky, frightened voice, I say, well, I, I don't have one. So he yeah. says, he yells back at me, don't get smart with me, you young punk. And he goes back to his wife sitting in the city baker because she's crying. So then along comes a cop. And so then the cop sits me in the backseat of the police cruiser. And I have no idea. I don't know yet that this is a really ominous place for a young man to be. And so... <laughs> Tell him what happened. Okay. So then I, and then he says, can I see your driver's license? And I say, well, I don't have one. I'm only 15. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he takes off his hat and he thumps it on the dash and then he jams it back on his head and he lets out a deep, long sigh. And then we go back to, and he gets back to what he's doing. So. So then, so in the end, my father has to pay 500 bucks. Oh, my God. The Studebaker fixed. Like, that's a big amount at that time, right? Well, it's probably six or seven thousand today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then he has to buy a car for Mel because we got to go to work. And so what we find in Jarvis, what he comes up with is this really classy, low mileage, 1936 Chrysler with a pulled down window shade for the rear window and a beautiful cut glass flower vase that fits right in the dash. So way, way better car than the 38 Dodge. So, so we're happy. And then about two months later, I have to go to court. And so oh. my mother gets me all dressed up in my Sunday suit and my tie, and and I'm washed and my hair is combed. And, and, and what I do is I produce real tears for the woman judge. And so then she decides I've been punished enough, and she lets me off. No fines, no nothing. And... As a consequence, I can get my driver's license at age 16. On my 16th birthday, I get my driver's license. Well, that's more important than anything. It's even way more important than losing than losing the shotgun at age 12 because 
more in 1956, nothing matters as much to a young man as getting his driver's license. It's kind of the rite of passage of manhood. Yeah, and on my 16th birthday, I drove to Hagersville, and the guy who had the service station, he gave you your driving test, <laughs> and <laughs> in my car, and we drove around a bunch, and then he finally says, well, I, I, I've got to get back. I, I forget. He had somebody waiting, so I said, yeah, no problem, so I just hit it, you know. And then we get back to the service station, and the guy says, he flunked me for speeding. <laughs> I was so pissed off. I said, speeding? You're the guy that wanted, said you now needed to get back. So so then I get stand. in my car, and I drive back home. And, uh, and then a week later, he says, you can come back in one week. Then a week later, I came back, and uh, yeah, that time I passed it. So. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you can join us for the next episode of The Many Near Deaths of John Heisinger.